thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Welcome, if it's your first time or if it's not your first time, then welcome along to uh, church online. A couple of notices, we're looking forward to... uh, very soon when hopefully we can welcome back uh, gradually congregation so on april the 4th i think it is easter sunday you'll be able to book in and there'll be a limited number that can book in for our service on a sunday morning so please if that's you if you want to be involved i think the booking will be open this week definitely if it isn't already so hopefully april the 4th we'll start to have congregation back in the the rules and guidelines for that will be the same as it was if you've been before so if you came before you know what to expect if you've not been before then just take some time to look at the uh, little information that you get when you've booked your seat to come so welcome zoom prayer tonight as usual seven o'clock till eight Uh, it's the place to come to to pray for all things to do with church but also where we share things that we feel God is laying on our hearts. So it's the first place usually to find out anything that you need to find out. Uh, but it'd be great to have you along with us and also connect groups throughout the week. It's been great to have extra people in our connect groups as lockdown has happened. I know I was on a Tuesday has grown, book group on a Friday afternoon has grown and it's really great to, to be with people in that way. So other than that, I think that's all I've got to say today. But uh, Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. So we start a new series today. And uh, first of all, I want to just talk about our feelings. Um, and sometimes I think we've, we've associated feelings with things where we weren't meant to. So to give you an example, I was reading a, a tweet just this week from David Mitchell, the comedian. And he'd had a bill, I think it was from EE, and it said on it, Hooray, your new bill is ready. Hooray, your new bill is ready. I don't think I've ever received a bill and gone, Hooray, my new bill is ready. Or underneath that comment, it was followed by several other comments. There was a, there was a, a, a salt, uh, I think it was Saxa salt. And on the back of the, the bottle of Saxa salt, it says, We hope you love our product. It's salt. How different is it to any other salt? I know some people out there are salt snobs and are talking pink Himalayan and all those different things, but we hope you love our salt. I don't know about you, but I don't think about salt and think, oh, I love that salt. I don't know about you. But uh, the other one is, well, if you ever change your password online to something, when you've done it, it comes up with a screen that says, great news, you've changed your password. I don't think really that we've got the gist of great news if that's what it is. Great news is that Jesus loves you. Great news is that he died for you. And great news is what the Bible is all about. So sometimes I think we've associated words with feelings or with other things that we shouldn't. And our new series is gonna be called The Playlist for Our Lives, The Psalms, The Playlist for Our Lives. 
Maybe back in the day, we'd have called it the soundtrack of our lives. Uh, or maybe back in the day, you'd have called it the hymn book for your life. Who knows? It depends on your generation and your age. But today, we're going to look at Psalm 100. It's only five verses long. So if you struggle to read your Bible, you can read a verse of that a day. And then you can read it, another two of your favorite verses of it a day. And you've got a week's worth of verses you can meditate on. But Psalm 100, and the theme for it is praise. And maybe this morning you're thinking, I don't feel like praising. Well, let's just get this straight. Praise is about lifting somebody up. Praise is about encouraging somebody. It has nothing to do with your feelings. I'll give you an example. When I was a teacher, I would have two evenings in a term where I had to do parents' evening. And it was certainly easier to lift the ones up that I had to encourage that it was to say, well, little Johnny's not doing so well. I don't know why it's always little Johnny, by the way, but anyway, it usually is, isn't it? Little Johnny's not doing very well. That must be why my name's there. But praise wasn't easy necessarily because by the end of three hours of talking to different parents, you were tired, you wanted to go home, you'd already had a day at school, which was, you know, it had been tough, but still, in those times, there were some ones that needed to be lifted up and encouraged, and some that perhaps needed a little bit of correction. Well, today, Psalm 100 is about praise. It's not about our feelings. It's about our attitude. It's not about what, what situation we're in. We praise Jesus not because we feel like it, but because he is worthy of our praise. We've sung already this morning, we choose to praise. We've sung, you are worthy, Lord of all. We choose to praise Jesus because he is worth it. So I'll start with that. It's not about a feeling. It's about an attitude. It's about what we do. It's about pushing through, even when it's hard. Psalm 100 also talks about gates. And uh, you may be aware of a certain bridge in San Francisco called the Golden Gate Bridge. A couple of things about that. It's not golden. It's like a ready orange muddy color. And it's not a gate, really. It's a bridge. But it's called the Golden Gate Bridge. It always struck me as being a very strange name for the bridge. Some people might think it's because it's the gateway to California and it was to do with the gold rush and people could come across the bridge and, and, and experience wealth. But actually, it's named after the water underneath it. It's named after the stretch of water that flows underneath the bridge. So if you've not learned anything else this morning, then here's a fact. The stretch of water underneath it is called the Golden Gate Strait, okay? So the bridge is just named after the water it flows over. It's painted red because red stands out against the blue sky and looks nice on pictures, but also it's easy to see in often foggy conditions. So it's not golden, and it's not really a gate. There's another set of gates that I think are great, and they're very famous, and that's outside Anfield Football Ground. And they are called the Shankly Gates, named after one of the greatest managers that there ever was. But they are pretty much permanently closed. They are for decoration. They feature a Scottish flag because uh, because Shankly was Scottish. They feature all sorts of other little things, but they are pretty much closed. People stand in front of them and have their photographs taken, but you don't go through them. You don't enter through them. They're closed. They're for decoration. You come and have a look, and then you go away. They look nice. They celebrate a person. But today, we're going to start a series looking at different psalms. 
the word psalms literally means praise. That's what the whole book is about. Even though the psalms feature lament, they feature wisdom, they feature anger, the book of psalms is called praise. And today, in Psalm 100, we are invited into and through his gates. They're not closed. His gates are not for decoration. They're not barring the way. God has flung open the gates so that me and you can draw near, so that me and you can praise him. So the Psalms is not just a book of songs that was put together and used in different situations. It's not just a hymn book where you pick your favorites. It was designed to point to who God is and why we should praise him. That's what the Psalms is all about. So that's why it needs to be a playlist for our lives, because it's about praising the one who is worthy of our praise. It's not even designed to be replicated as a prayer. It's not a prayer book that we should necessarily pray through, although that is helpful, but it wasn't designed to be replicated. Otherwise, Jesus, when he said to his disciples, let me teach you how to pray, could have just turned to a Psalm and said, here's a good one. But no, he taught them a way of praying for themselves. He didn't just turn to a psalm or two. Some, as I say, are laments. Some are wisdom. Some are shouts at God. But there is an overriding message, and that message in the psalms is this. God reigns. That's the message. That is the message of the psalms. That is the playlist for our lives. God reigns, or he should do. God reigns. God is worthy of praise and he is receptive to the petitions and the laments of the righteous. The wise will trust in him. And this is how God is revealed in the Psalms. The Psalms are scripture because they portray God accurately. The reason why so many of the Psalms are repeatable is because they give voice to this picture of God, that he can be trusted, that he is good, that he is faithful, and that he reigns. So as we start this new series, when we read the Psalms, we look for why we praise him. We look for how he reigns. So let's read it. So if you've never read Psalm 100, it's short, it's simple, and it speaks truth. Psalm 100 verses 1 to 5 says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He reigns, that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What a psalm, packed full of all sorts of stuff. It tells you a how to praise. It tells you a what we do to praise. It tells you a who we praise and who should praise. And it tells us a why we do it. It answers those four questions. So starting off with this, shout. I don't know what the loudest shout you've ever heard has been, but I also know that a shout can be negative, can't it? A shout can be really negative. I don't often shout, although some people might think I do. I don't often shout. I can remember several times in my teaching career where I have shouted. One of them was Alicia's sister. But 
I have never shouted as much. In fact, when I did shout, a teacher who'd worked alongside me for several years came into the room and went, are you all right? I've never heard you shout before. Because I don't get that angry. Certainly not that I shout and get angry. I have to force myself. A shout can be negative, but this here in this psalm is not a negative shout. It is not a negative word. It's not an angry shout. It's a shout for joy. When have you heard a shout for joy? When have you experienced such a loud voice that you've just gone, wow, this is incredible. And it feels like an amazing experience. Again, I've been at football matches where the noise of 60,000 or so people going crazy has been incredible. Sets the hairs on your neck. Well, yeah, I think I've got hairs on my neck. I've not got much on my head. Sets the hairs of your neck on end. Gives you that just amazing chills down you that just goes, wow, this is incredible. I'm part of something. Or maybe you've been to a rock concert or a pop concert. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really around when the Beatles were in their heyday. I'm, I'm obviously too young. But you see this footage of, of, of young girls screaming at the Beatles. And it must have been something to be a part of that. It must have been something to be in the midst of that. I've been to concerts where you've waited over an hour and a half for the main act to come on. And there's a bit of excitement. And as soon as the lights go down, it's like, whoa, this noise. This noise picks up. You know, maybe you're a One Direction fan. Who knows? But the sort of noise you experience is a shout of joy because there's an excitement, there's an anticipation of who they're going to see. There's an excitement and an anticipation of who they're going to hear. Even if you think who they're going to hear perhaps isn't worth listening to. Here we have a shout for joy because who we're going to see and who we're going to hear as we worship God is worth it. What a shout. I have been in those situations where shouting has just been like, wow. Jumping around, getting excited, exuberant. Chloe hates it when there's a football match on in our house. She says, why do you have to shout? Why do you have to get noisy? Because we get excited. At the moment, not so much. But we get excited. We get excited. And we just can't help ourselves. Because we shout for joy. I've been in our house when people have passed exams or been accepted onto college courses. Or even when we bought the pavilion. And I came home. And there was a shout of joy. There was an excitement. There was a noise. There was an anticipation. Why? Because God was on the move. A shout of joy, no matter where it is, is a spiritual experience. It's a real spiritual experience to hear those cries of wow. You know, in this psalm, it says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. This isn't a dignified response. This is not a simple, mm, amen, vicar. Yes, yes, brother. This is a, whoa, come on. Now, I know there are some people watching this this morning who would say, well, that's just not me. That's just not me. I'm very refined. I'm very, you know, I'm very, I'm very staid. I'm very, that, that just isn't me. I don't want to force something. We're not asking you to force something. We're asking you to look at God and go, God is good. Shout for joy to the Lord. That's why, that is who. It's not a dignified response. This is a loud raise the roof. Take the roof off the place because God is good. I'm gutted, you know, as we speak on this, that there isn't people in here, because actually I would want people to go, yes. Thank you. Oh, the sound team are doing it. Give it all you've got. That's what this is saying. Shout for joy to the Lord. Give it all you've got. Because God is worth it. You know, God is worthy of our praise. And it's a call for everyone to be a part of it. Not just some people. Not just a select few. 
it's everyone. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Everybody. As I read this, I thought about Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, as the song goes. What were the Israelites commanded to do to see the walls tumble and the promise claimed? What were the Israelites commanded to do so that the walls would fall down and the promise would be claimed? What was it? Well, they were told to march. So they were told to be active. They were told to go round and round each day. They were told to walk round. They were told to circle the promise. Circle it in prayer. Circle it physically. Think of the promise that God has given them. They were called to blow trumpets. But the thing that made the walls fall down was the shout. It wasn't the rest. Yes, okay, there was preparation. The rest of it was preparation. But the thing that caused the walls to tumble and the promise to be claimed was the shout. They were told to raise a shout. And as they shouted, the walls fell down. Maybe that's us today. Maybe we're called to praise because as we praise and as we shout for joy, we may see walls tumble. We may see promises delivered that we're waiting on. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. It's just the first verse and we could unpack it. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Not because we feel like it, but because he is worthy of our praise to worship with gladness. You know, as I say, my football team, I'm not talking too much about them at the moment, and I know football analogies don't go down very well, but at the end of a game, we might grumble a bit, but the next time there's a game, we start anticipating again because we're hoping. We're just hoping. Well, with God, there is a great hope that is sure. So we might be going through awful stuff. We might be going through circumstances we don't understand, but we can keep coming before him with hope and saying, you are higher. We lift, your, we lift you up. We lift your name. We encourage you. We say, you are great. We say, you are good. We praise his name, not because we feel like it, but because he is worthy. Shout for joy. Worship the Lord with gladness. <laughs> Not with Gladys, if you you mistakenly read it. Worship the Lord with gladness. This is how, this is the how, sorry, of Psalm 100 and many of the others. This is the how we should worship. We should praise his name and we should worship him with gladness because he is good. A shout for joy. Be exuberant. Be energetic. Praise that cannot be contained. Because we're going, whoa, the anticipation, the expectation of seeing and hearing God is worth it. Claim God's promises with a loud shout of rejoicing. Come before him with joyful songs. Yes, some psalms are laments. Yes, some psalms are quite angry if you read them. But when we come before him, We sing joyful songs together because he is our focus. When we come before him corporately as a group, as a family, we come to lift his name. We come to exalt him. We come to raise him up and we sing joyful songs because he is our focus and he is good. It reminded me of a song, He is the Lord, the numero uno. What is it? The heavens, heavens number one. The big cheese. Fan Davidozi, that's the song I'm thinking of. Fan Davidozi. Joseph's looking at me vacantly because it's just beyond him. He's, he's too old for Fan Davidozi now. It's fine. But the how, the how is obvious in this psalm. The how is obvious. Shout. 
for joy because he's worth it, because he's done great things. The who is us to worship him. The who is it for us to worship him. Why? Because he's made us. We are his. We belong to him. He has provided pasture for us. He has sustained us. We are his sheep. That's what the psalm says. He has done all those things. That's why we can praise him. For he is good and his love endures forever. He's faithful and that faithfulness never stops. Are they not good reasons to shout for joy? Are they not good reasons to say, yeah, I'm going through horrendous things, but let me put those down at your cross while I come together with my family and lift your name higher. Let me come and lift you above that stuff because that's when my walls might come down. That's when those walls might tumble. That's when you might lift me up over the walls. That's when you might give me that promise that you've promised me. The who is called to worship is everyone, all the earth. What's this saying in the Old Testament? It's saying both those who belong, those who are God's people, and those who aren't. Those who are inside the promises of God, and those who are on the outside. It's a call to everybody. When we meet as a church family, we're inviting everyone to the celebration, both outside and inside. Come along and worship God because he's good. That is what Sunday morning should be. No matter what the rest of the week has been like, no matter what the situation we are in, we turn our eyes to the King and we invite everyone to be a part of the praise. Why? Because everyone needs to know that he's worthy. Everyone needs to know that he is far more exciting than the Beatles, that he's far more exciting than Liverpool, that he's far more exciting than anything we could ask or imagine because he is worthy. He will rescue. He has rescued and he will restore. Those are the promises to claim. His restoration will be complete one day. His restoration will be complete. So shout for joy and claim the promises. Everyone, that wall that seems insurmountable, take your eyes off the wall and look to the one who can give you a peg over it. Sorry, I don't know if that's Mancunian. A peg over it is where they give you a lift up, okay? Take your eyes off the wall and shout to joy for the one who can bring it down or chuck you over it. Shout for joy to the one who is bigger. Do you know the Israelites' understanding of Yahweh, of God, was that he was their God. He was the God of Israel. Isn't it amazing that here in the Psalms, in the middle of the Old Testament, everyone is invited. God was never exclusive. God was never wanting to just limit himself to one group of people. God was for everyone. Walls come tumbling down. The word here translated as worship is also translated as serve. So shout for joy to the Lord all the earth and serve the Lord with gladness. Don't give up doing those good things. It's not just a grind or a slog or a trudge like we talked about recently, but to worship him with gladness is part of our service of him, of saying he's the king. Heaven, sorry, my, my, my iPad has accidentally misspelt something. I've told a story before of a, of, a, of a time I went to a service in Manchester. It was to a friend's baptism, and um, it was a very serious church. And uh, people see Christianity, people see church as a very serious, somber, miserable, killjoy sort of place. So do we want to further that impression? But I went to this service as a Christian to support my friend. And I've told you before, if you've heard it before, I can tell it again. And the guy stood up at the front of this church, to, uh, full of young people who were supporting their friend. And he stood at the front of church and stared everybody down. And he said, 
And this is, this is how he said it. Have you got the joy that I've got? I'll, I'll do it again, just so you get the expression. Have you got the joy that I've got? And most of us sat there going, no, and I'm very grateful for the fact that I haven't got the joy you've got because my joy is exuberant. My joy wants to shout and praise the king because of all he's done. My actions towards God want to show everyone that he is worthy. That is what this psalm is saying, that church is not a place necessarily for serious, somber, killjoy, miserable people. There are times where we will have to be serious. There are times where we will have to be somber. There are times for reflective, quiet worship. But our joining together as family is supposed to be predominantly rejoicing in who God is. That is what we're called to do. Worship leaders, that is what we're calling people to. And we're calling everyone. So if everyone sees that joy, they might go, have you got the joy that I've got? Rather than, have you got the joy that I've got? Because nobody's going to that second one. Nobody is that miserable that there is no joy. There is a time for different things. There is a season for different things. But as we come together, we shout for joy and worship with gladness because he's worth it. It's even more important at the moment. It's even more important at the moment that we rejoice in him. Because actually at the moment, as you're watching this, it might feel like you should just sit back and not even take part. The problem with broadcasting a service online predominantly is if you don't like it, you can turn it off. So we come together to lift our eyes to the King and to praise the God who is good. You wouldn't stand there at the beginning and Marie opened the service and go, who wants to be part of our gloomy family? Who wants to be part of our misery? Who wants to be part of our sadness? No. We stand at the front of church and we say, who wants to worship the king? Who wants to worship the God who made everything? Who wants to see God do amazing things? Because then people will want to be a part of that family. Let's be a part of the praise of God. Let us be a part of it. We can rejoice because here we see the why. We know the how, we know the who. What's the why? Well, it comes to the gates. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. As I prepared this, I thought of the story of Esther. If you've been coming to Springmount for a while, we did a series all on Esther. And there's one part of the Esther story where she's told she needs to go and see the king, her husband. And she needs to just go without an appointment, without an invitation. And in that culture, that could usually mean death. And she says, if I die, I die. She goes into the courts of the king, absolutely terrified, but confident in God. She goes into the court of the king, knowing the serious nature of it. She goes into the court of the king, knowing that the results could be she dies. Today, we approach the king with praise. We don't come into his courts thinking we're going to die because we come before him. He says, come into my courts with praise. Come into my courts with thanksgiving. Come through those gates. They're not like the Shankly gates that are locked and decorative. He's flung them open and says, come in. Come in and praise. Come in 
and rejoice in me. Come in and lift me high. Because the whole world needs to see that God is great. There is no reason to fear the approach of our king. Yes, we come before him. Sometimes we fear and tremble him. But there is no reason to fear the approach of our king because he's kind, because he is good, and because he invites us and says, come and praise. Let everything that has breath praise my name. The only risk we have this morning as we enter his courts is are we willing to do a shout for joy? The only risk is possibly embarrassment amongst other people because we're saying, I'm going to lift his name above everything else. Israel then knew how much God had to put up with them, moaning about manna, quarreling over quail, wanting to return to captivity when freedom was available, worshipping other gods and idols, and yet God stuck with them. In the psalm here, it says, from generation to generation. His faithfulness is through all generations. God stuck with them despite their unfaithfulness, their disobedience, their problems. Is that not a reason to praise? Is that not a reason to shout for joy? Because God sticks with us. God sticks with us from generation to generation. He is faithful. He is a God that will not let us down. Is that not worth a shout? Footballers fade, pop stars fade, politicians break promises, celebrities and even godly men and women fall. But God is faithful and God is good. Is he not worth a shout of praise? Is he not worth celebrating together to tell the whole world the story of a God who's good, of a God who saves, of a God who restores? This was a psalm to be sung as they approached the temple, the place they believed that God dwelt. But today, he can live in us by his spirit. Jesus died and rose again so that we could be filled with the spirit, so that we could be saved. His gates are not locked shut. His gates and his praise is not just for decoration, but it's for ever. The gates at Liverpool are just a decorated add-on to the stadium. God is not just a decorated add-on to life. God is the first and the last and the in-between. He is the one who is worthy of praise. The question we have to ask ourselves as we come to an end this morning is this. Will I make the most of the access he's given me? Will I make the most of the gates being flung wide to praise him? Will I make the most of the fact that I can shout a praise and walls will come tumbling down? Will I make the most of the promises that he's made? Do you know, today as you watch this, you don't risk death approaching him. Because you know he's good, that he's faithful, that he's provided, and that his love is everlasting. Psalm 100, in the playlist of our life, tells us this. Praise is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not a circumstance. It's a choice. So today, this week, for the rest of our lives, let us lift our eyes and lift our voices and let us claim his promises and let us shout for joy. And maybe we'll start to see walls tumble down and we'll start to see promises Let's pray. 
Father God, I pray today that anyone watching this will recognize that you are a God who brings joy. You are a God who is worthy. And Father, I pray for anyone who is in a situation where their feelings are overriding their choices. Father God, you tell us to be real with you, and that's fine. Jesus, on his own in the Garden of Gethsemane, was very real with you. But Father, as we come together, our focus is you. Our focus is the one who saves. So Father, this morning, let us lift our eyes above the waves. Let us lift our eyes to the one who can, the one who is able. And Father, I pray for anyone who is going through difficulties, but Father, I pray for anyone who's going through great times. Because I pray in those circumstances, we often take our eyes off God even more. So Father, I pray, Lord, that our call this morning is to shout for joy to the Lord. Shout to joy to the one who changes things. Shout for joy and worship and serve with gladness the King of Kings, who says, come into my courts and praise my name. In your name, amen.